This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief Spartan 117. Welcome to Quality Time, the KO Koala Entertainment Podcast. Anthony and Skyler will take it from here. Master Chief, out. Hello, hello, and welcome to Quality Time, the KO Koala Entertainment Podcast. I'm Skylar Sokol. I'm Anthony Nicolosi. Yeah, and we're here today to talk about um, some feedback on our last podcast about art styles. And then we're going to move into something else. So, yes. uh, that's something else, just so that you don't leave before you hear it, is uh, we're going to talk about FPS game design. Bang! First-person shooters, the spanking of recent generations, just spanking all the other genres in regards to <laughs> financial success, in regards to happiness, oh ratings, everywhere. <laughs> Anthony's very ready for this topic. All right, so <laughs> let's hear some feedback, though, about art styles first. What do you got for us? Yeah, for those who uh, were not around last time, we talked about art styles. We we talked about the different kinds of art styles. Generally, we broke it down into realistic versus stylized art styles, the pros and cons of the two, you know, which increased game longevity. To this past week, we put out a piece of content talking about how the Sea of Thieves art director, Ryan Stevenson, and th- his team de- deliberately chose to go for a stylized art style to increase game longevity, blah, 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 blah. Uh, so... Anyway, we asked you guys, uh, referencing that piece of content, another one, um, what you guys preferred, what you guys liked more in regards to what art styles and things involving that. Um, and we'll start with a post on Instagram where we asked, real versus stylized, which do you prefer? And I'll say, I was reviewing it earlier, um, the majority is stylized. People prefer hey. stylized. Um it, why you know it, it was it's kind of a combination i would say i'll i'll i'll, I'll kind of glance through it here uh, a little bit but um last time we talked about how the stylized art styles many times create a clearer visualization from for for gameplay elements right like the colors stand out more in a lot of ways and gameplay uh systems can kind of benefit from them um i guess and uh, a few people called that out squid.max in fact did and my finger just swiped but um one 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 game right skylar that definitely is benefiting from it right now that has just recently gone live valorant yeah yep yeah we talked about that last week um check out that podcast for our opinions on that art style but yeah it's been it's the stylized graphics are definitely taking it somewhere. I mean, I think they have an appeal to a market that Riot is looking for, and they also provide a lot of game visibility, as you were saying. Um, yeah. As yeah. as I'm scrolling through the feedback, I'm landing on S.M. Dickinson, uh, oh, okay. who says, I prefer stylized because it allows more creative freedom for special designs because there shouldn't be any natural restrictions. In games, hey, he says. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Games transport you to a different world, right? And if you got to make it all realistic, then you can't can't have a giant Cthulhu tentacle monster if if you got to have a <laughs> scruffy bearded man in the corner or whatever. Yeah, you know, um, the in Halo 4, they changed shoulder pieces so that it was more realistic. So, like, your Spartan should actually in real life be able to move with those shoulder pieces. Generally, I think the community 
look down upon that change, but <laughs> um, it's just to, to touch on it, right? Like, um, they were restricted in that case. Um, official Guac. I mean, Borderlands is one of my favorite game series for the cell shading. I'd call that stylized. Yeah. Uh, we had a few people here just now on chat, Turtlefist, calling out Borderlands. Um, but he said he also likes Call of Duty for its realistic style. It just depends on the game for him. Um, that's fair. I mean, and yeah. that's true, right? Like, graphics are important, right? They're cool. They add a lot to a game. They definitely affect a first impression of the game. But when it comes down to it, it's the gameplay that matters, right? Uh, well, and Dante B6 on Instagram says just that. I don't think one is better than the other. It just depends on the game. Like, Rocket League wouldn't look more fun if it were more realistic, in his opinion. Uh, yeah, and I mean, I think Rocket League is pretty realistic looking already. Like, I think of games mm-hmm. like Cell Damage, which is like one of my favorite GameCube games. Um, and it's like super cell shaded. You're in cars driving around. That's why I am comparing it. But, uh, but yeah, it's like really cell shaded with like cartoon characters driving the cars and shit. So, compared to that, like Rocket League is, very realistic, but as we Dante, talked about last time, yeah. it does a really good integration of realism with stylized with the goofy decals and all of that, but also, you know, the cars look very realistic in the backgrounds. Yeah, and he calls out, um, he finishes his thought by saying, he, in his opinion, Doom um, wouldn't be as fun if it was more, like, cartoony, in his opinion. So Interesting. Cool. That's an interesting yeah. statement, actually. What? How do you feel about that? Like, have you played cartoony style the shooty games like that i mean valorant's an example right it's cartoony styled and i i don't think it would be more fun if it weren't like if it was realistic right but then again i think of games like apex legends and warzone and stuff like that and those games i probably are i think maybe less fun if they didn't look like that it's just i think the intention of the game right maybe yeah uh like for me personally, I think something would definitely be lost if Doom went anime, like cartoony, um, just because it's Doom. But generally speaking, you know, another one, um, maybe it would work. So Ribs gets gaming, uh, with a actually pretty great breakdown. He says stylized and realized, uh, and realistic. He likes both. Um, games like Shadow of the Tomb Raider work mm. really well for being real, whereas beautiful. games like Borderlands hit hard with the amazing comic boom, like cell shaded artwork. Um, it's true. So the we nostalgia uh, yeah. factor of like comic book style graphics is a really interesting thing, right? Because a lot of people like like that cartoon comic booky style. Cuphead, Borderlands, cell shaded graphics in general do a really good job of that. Right. Um, and because he mentioned Tomb Raider, I asked him, you know. Would you say the realistic graphics and lighting enhance Tomb Raider like environmental puzzles, right? Because that's a, mm. a thing in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, put simply, yes. He also says, uh, just generally speaking, as long as um, either the realistic or stylized art style is implemented in a way that complements the gameplay, um, he, he enjoys it. He he goes on to say, for example, Tomb Raider being a difficult game with a lot of realism and gameplay. Um, such how such as how one arrow doesn't kill a tiger or a good game that's well imp- implemented like minecraft being a simple game with a simple art style so those were a couple of examples like he's saying yeah you know it's sort of like what i was talking about last time where the design and the graphics are sort of tied together and the graphics inform the design and the design informs the graphics so that they like mesh really well and the like intention is clear um gaming thief official tells us um that he thinks that Doom couldn't be cartoony because 
Doom has this feeling to it that shouldn't have like cartoon graphics. It just wouldn't make sense with the like style of the game. And I think that's right, right? They would have to have a much more goofy tone to the game if they were going to have cartoony graphics. And they don't really go for a goofy tone. They sort of go for an over the top um, power trip kind of tone. Um, he also mentions a game called Firewatch, which is a really cool walking simulator esque game. Um, that, uh, there's a turtle in it, I think. Um, and, it, it's really, it's got very like stylized graphics, similar to Sea of Thieves, sort of, and um, it works great for that game. I think one thing you can create that are really memorable with stylized graphics are really beautiful environments. Like The Witness, you know, one of my favorite games of all time, has really stylized graphics that make it so beautiful. The environments, I think, even more beautiful than like what realistic would be. I mean, I think realist, like real environments are amazing. Like the outdoors is amazing, but to I think there's something to it, like, you know, like impressionist paintings almost, right? Taking the realistic environment and sort of reimagining it in a different way is a really cool thing. Yep. Absolutely. Um, Sans- Gaming Thief official, that comment that Skylar just called out was live from chat. So if you're listening to this not live, you could be cool too. Like Gaming yeah. Thief official. Every Monday at 8.30 EST yep. on Twitch.tv slash KOKOAL underscore ENT. Bang. Sand Squid um, in Twitch chat calls out Cuphead with the 1930s style is amazing. Oh, yes, Sand Squid. I mean, I knew going into that game I didn't want to play a platformer, but I played it. I bought it, and I played the little bit I played just because of the art. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, I mean, that, so that'll good. be some of the most memorable graphics of all time in a game, I think. Cuphead will, like, yeah. Yep. That game will I always so look amazing. And just the fact that it was like a very small team, like it's like two dudes or some shit. It's crazy. It started out, right. Well, yeah. and actually, I think it was one of the guy's wife who was responsible for draw- the animation and the drawing, if I remember correctly. Interesting. Before Microsoft came on board and gave them a team to help. Right. Um, but anyway, right. well-deserved, super cool game. I want to read yeah. one more from this yeah. piece of content. Let's get one more piece of feedback and then let's move on. I think I, I'm pronouncing this right. Mailyflower. Um, Mailyflower says, For me, it depends on the game the developer's trying to go for, like how older graphics with a grainy filter can make a game eerie for horror, or realistic scenari- uh, sceneries can make an open world game more alive. It all comes down to what setting will uh, best fit the intentions of the creator of the game for me. Yeah. So, I replied and I said, well said, what game stands out in that regard as having a really impactful art style? And um, Mellyflower says, I think a game that stuck with me was That Dragon Cancer. Did you play that oh, game? Oh, no, I've heard of it, but um, I am not too. familiar I enough it with it to talk about it, actually, but that game is crazy. Mellyflower says, it wasn't realistically styled, but was stylized in a way that no character had a face. And was almost semi-cubist with mild realism mixed in. The over details weren't needed to tell a story about a young child battling cancer. And the different dream sequences and narrative is what really sold it for me, they said. Um, also shows that a game doesn't need to be packed with adventure in the latest graphic software to leave an impact. Definitely a. not. I mean, I'm a big Absolutely. fan of games like that. What Remains of Edith Finch is one of my favorite games. Also a game that covers topics like around death, sort of. And it's really, really amazing. You know, one game that I have, I actually bought on Steam. Um, I'm going to play it once things sell down. Grease, right? Um, oh yes. And, and and I said that right, right? Grease. I, I don't um, know. Grease. But the art GIF style and or GIF. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
that art style and uh, color palettes that they chose and everything were very super intentional in them communicating the like I think that game centers around anxiety if I remember correctly or depression. Mm-hmm. Um, so another cool one if 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 you're listening. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Rollick, uh in the chat also said uh, relating to that grainy horror feel. Outlast is a horror game where you have a camera. And you use that camera to like, you can see different things in the camera. And when you switch, so the graphic style is very realistic. But then when you go into the camera, it has like a darker view and it's got a lot of graininess. And so at one point, I think your camera even like cracks. So then you have like a crack on the screen when you look in the camera. And that makes like that is, adds such an intense, like immersive environment to the game. When you're looking at that camera, it is so tense because you think some crazy shit is going to happen for sure. Cool. Um, I have not played it myself, but... Shall we move on to our FPS topic? I just want to call out a few more things on a second post, and then we're good. Cool. Okay? Because we asked... We we gave, as I mentioned before, uh, we put out a piece of content around... Ryan Stevenson's the art director from Rare and his, um, he gave a GDC talk in 2018, um, that on YouTube we will link in the description, um, uh, surrounding their, uh, how they developed and implemented the art style for Sea of Thieves. And generally the question that we posed in the content was, um, does a stylized art style increase game longevity? And, um, to be or not to be Toby, uh, a regular here on the show and Mr. Turtle Turtle Fist Fist Pump. He calls out, I'm going to use Wind Waker as an example. Um, game still looks great to this day versus playing the original Twilight Princess, which looks really dated. Yep. Twilight Princess went for a more realistic art style. Wind Waker went for the super stylized art style. Totally makes sense. Yep. And um, uh, Tucker Kraus calling out, yes, cor- cartoony Mario games age much better than realistic shooters. I think we actually used that those two... Um, I think in our, the previous episode we talked yes. about the Super Mario Brothers against like a Call of Duty or something and how Definitely. those aged. Um, now I want to call out Ass Asapasapinilian. You okay. you got to clean that up, man. That's hard. Um, says absolutely not. Stylized games do not increase longevity. The thing that increases game longevity is fun gameplay and rewards for playing said game, whether it be through unlocks, events, etc. Dang. Um, the dang. Call out. Yeah. And I said, great perspective, but if the, let's say the gameplay is great, right? Do you think realistic or stylized art styles ages better? Um, and not James replied saying, I certainly like better graphics, but only when they try to attain a certain style. Destiny 1 and Halo both tried for realistic graphics, but have totally different styles that contributed to the games. So, um, that was also kind of touching on something we, we talked about last episode of how, like, especially these sci-fi games that go for realistic art styles have, I think, a little bit of an advantage in that they, they introduce more visual elements that you just have no reference or expectation for and thus could age better than a just strictly realistic uh looking game um, yeah Rob anyway. makes a good point in the chat that um a lot some of these AAA publishers that release like a new call of duty every year probably don't really care that much about game longevity and thus they go for these they can go for these realistic styles because like if the game looks bad in a year it doesn't matter because a new one's coming out <laughs> That and in, uh, specifically with the Call of Duty franchise, like he calls out, that's especially true. Which they have annual releases. Yep. So, um, yeah. So yeah, no, that's really interesting. I hadn't there. thought about that, but that is definitely a really good point. Yeah. So thank you everybody for your feedback. That was great. Um, it, again, uh, interact in our content, and you could get a shout out. Yeah, it's quality time. And right now, Skyler, I think right we've wrapped up some yep. feedback, and we are gonna. 
roll into something. Yeah. yeah. I think we're going to do like a half episode on FPS design and then we'll finish it out next week. Yeah, quite frankly, I could talk. I know you for can. Weeks on FPSs. FPS. Um, I love them. All right, so the Actually, that's only kind of true. Um, topic of FPS design. Where where do you want to start? I think what I want to start with is let's talk about. Um, I guess just like why are FPSs fun? Okay. Um. um yeah. Why are Why are FPSs fun? <laughs> so. This is interesting because up till Halo 1, I actually did not think FPSs were very fun. Um, the FPS I had the most fun playing up till then, like, granted, Halo kind of ushered in a new wave of FPSs, at least on console, but, um, was GoldenEye. And GoldenEye mm-hmm. was like, okay, uh, to me, like, it was fun. It was kind of fun if you had the golden gun. Um, outside of that, I didn't really think it was fun. Where? <laughs> uh, you didn't like throwing yeah. odd jobs hat and one shotting people with it. I'm not sure if I even knew I could do that. Oh yeah, like the, little, I, like I, the I, short op tiny hitbox character could throw his hat and kill people in one hit is stupid. Yeah, I just played at my friend's house when we would have like <laughs> sleepovers and stuff. But um, I th- yeah, I think a big reason why, for example, Halo and then subsequently subse- subsequent shooters, especially on console where I played most of my shooters, uh, that's actually a whole other thing here, but um, on controller started becoming fun was because the controls started feeling good. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it enabled you to, they weren't a barrier to the rest of the experience. Um, so okay. I think so, that's one. So what about yeah, these ahead. experiences is fun for you then though? Like, yeah, so, you yeah. said Halo started it for you, but why is it fun? Why would you rather play an FPS than a platformer, for example? Because I know you're not a big platforming game fan. Yeah. So I don't know if platforming is the best example. There's a lot of, because there's so many reasons why di- differences, maybe something closer to something else that I used to like, which was, or play much more of, which was like a single player action RPG game. Um, like a like third, third person. person. Yeah. Well, um, okay. But so let's, let's so get a little like, broader first though, because like that's okay. a very specific comparison, right? Like third person versus first person. Of course it'll change it, but I want to talk about like why FPS genre even exists. Why do shooter games even exist even, right? Like, yeah. Um, so I, th- yeah, I, uh, you, cause you asked me why I preferred it over another genre. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, th- there's so many reasons at a high level, I enjoy the responsiveness of like how it feels to play those games, um, the toy aspect, if you will, of those games. Um, I like at, in, in the shooters that I play, um, there's always generally some amount of like a power fantasy involved. Uh, yeah. And I, I definitely enjoy that. Um, and I, this is kind of if you, but at least for me, I feel like I have a lot more control over. Maybe it's because I'm like better at shooters than I am, for example, at platformers. Sure. But um, like I can exercise a lot more autonomy on the world that I'm yeah. playing in. I think that toy aspect is a huge thing, right? I think we mentioned this in a previous podcast, but a big thing video games do is give you the opportunity to do something you don't normally get to do in real life, and something a lot of people don't do in real life is shoot like guns, right? Like. Uh, in general, mm-hmm. like you can, like obviously, and there's like paintball and shit to replicate this, but like it's so easy to hop onto an FPS and be able to have that experience without having to do it in real life at all. Um, yeah. I um, 
I for me, like obviously you know the reason I like FPSs is the twitchy reaction based stuff uh, is the big thing. Um, I really like the like reaction based gameplay and stuff that challenges uh, me to have fast reactions and good like pinpoint aim. Um, there's also like I mean getting into like Valorant and some shooters like that. I really like the tactical aspect of team based games. Um, I think there's like two genres of FPSs I really like. One is story based ones like Bioshock and Bioshock Infinite. Like I play those for the story. The gameplay is fun, but honestly, Bioshock didn't have to be an FPS for me to love it. Right? It could have been whatever. It's much more the story that drove me through it. Even though the gameplay is really good, um, but for like Valorant and games like that, it's the tactical aspect of it that I really love. The team play and the like macro strategy I find really interesting. Now I want to ask you a question. I know we've already talked extensively about Valorant, so this is a little broader just in regards to like class-based um, shooters yeah. design um, because you called out tactical. Now, I wonder too, though, especially for you, is the fact that like, would do you think you would like playing Valorant as much as you do if you didn't often play it with friends? Because um, you generally I actually, play with friends, right? I frequently play it solo, actually, as well. Okay. Um, it's definitely worse solo, but I've actually, and this is a thing for me generally. I, I don't, there aren't that many games I enjoy playing alone. Rocket League is one of the few. Um, and Valorant has actually managed to accomplish that as well. Um, maybe it's because there's in-game voice chat, even though it's usually toxic, like 13 year olds, but, <laughs> um, it, uh, I don't know. I've I've actually enjoyed playing it alone. So because the team play still exists, Valorant like likes Counter Strike is a game that forces team play. Like if you don't have team play, you just lose. It just doesn't yeah. work. So because of that, I think the design of the game gives me that ability to want to play it solo sometimes, even though sometimes I have terrible experiences. Sure. Uh, no, just because I feel like in recent years, like Halo's an arena shooter, and it's my favorite kind of shooter, uh-huh. We and whatever, um, there aren't many arena shooters that are prevalent in, like, modern day... Arena shooters have person. absolutely fallen out of popularity. Yeah, they're almost all class-based to some extent. Um, so, I have, uh... I, I was, I just, out of, out of many reasons as to why people enjoy those class-based games, one thing that I, I think applies here is self-determination theory. The psychological framework that says that, uh, that breaks down people's happiness, psychological well-being into being surrounded, to being focused on three things. Autonomy, people's feeling of autonomy, people's feeling of competence and relatedness. And I think, uh, I feel like these class-based shooters, um, you actually just said they force a few, some of them like force being in a team and participating yep. with team. Um, but I think that's definitely one thing that just the design f- focuses on better than an arena shooter. Like, um, I, I would say that some of the most enjoyable Halo, especially like in a competitive 4v4 experience is when you're playing with a friend and playing with teammates and you have communication going on and, uh, Halo has other design elements that make that necessary as well, like uh, shields and everything, um, and team shots and rotations. But the uh, uh, the other games, like literally, it's it's part of the reason why I don't like playing them. But like, if I want to play Overwatch and I am um, whatever Reaper, like I I can't win the game by myself. You know, like I need my teammates to some extent to yep. do their roles for me to. And play. this is exactly why I like these games, right? They force this macro strategy that doesn't exist necessarily in a lot of arena shooters, or at least the, what does exist is much smaller than what, like it, there's less of it. Um, yeah, even though it does fo- exist. They force this kind of like, well, 
uh, the the need to relate. The it's need it's to like Dota almost, people. right? Like even right. Do- it, it comes from my love of Dota, right? This, these macro strategy, large like five v five team sort of games. Um, I think what you mentioned is really interesting, though, and I think the constraint um, of class based shooters really appeals to people like. Blizzard and these companies, right, have developed lore behind each individual character. So it's really easy to feel this relatedness and this, like, this, uh, the, like, you just get this connection to the character you're playing really easily because they exist and they have voice lines and they talk to the other characters and they, like, have banter, um, based on what's happening in the game. So you get, like, free immersion because you already know, like, the lore of this character. You know who this character is. You don't have to just, like, be a faceless, like, uh, Spartan soldier, right? Or whatever. Mm-hmm. You're, you yeah, have like this like lore behind you giving you something to be immersed in another thing that's not that i don't think of when i play shooters but that is a consideration in regards to the class element that i was thinking because my wife plays halo with me all the time um but she uh the, the a thing that class-based shooters also do in regards to the constraint is there's in a sense more it's your focus is more well defined right like if you are the healer support role kind of what you should be worried about is a little bit better defined as to in halo like you kind of need to be worried about everything all the time if that makes sense uh in in regards to your role and that kind of dynamically adapts and i uh, it's not a thing for me but i i know that like for people for like people like my wife people who play more casually they appreciate that like it's it's easier like to, it's definitely to easier for in. a casual player to jump in because it's like oh this is the stuff my character does i just do that and that's sweet and i can yeah. do these things um yeah that's a really good point i think especially with overwatch that's a really good example of why people love so many casual fps players who probably didn't even who, a lot of people who didn't even play fps's got into overwatch because of the lore and the universe and just the accessibility yep yep and props yep. to Blizzard for making some of like the best lore cinematics of any game that's ever been released. So, yeah, I don't know if you've watched any is. of the like Overwatch character trips. Yeah, they're some. like amazing. Not only are, is. is like the animation amazing, but the like story and the writing is really good. Yeah, it's like it looks like Pixar stuff. Right, it literally does. Right, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Anyway, that's class based shooters are a really interesting genre for sure. Um, now. I, I'm going to ask you, what about, so in Halo, there's no, uh, okay, not no, but basic, virtually no recoil when firing your gun. Uh-huh. Um, and hip fire is a thing. Like you uh-huh. have as, hip fire is as accurate as when you're zoomed in and you have no restriction while moving when you're zoomed in. Mm-hmm. Contrary to like aim down sights mechanics. Um, what are your feelings on? Do you like aim, aiming down sights? Do you like that mechanic so, the, that restricts movement? Call of du- oh, just aiming down sights specific. I was going to talk about just shooting mechanics in general, but I, I will you, yeah, I will you talk can go about wherever. Too. Go, yeah, so yeah, Call yeah. of Duty also has very little recoil. Um, Warzone has basically none, and hip fire is very bad though. You basically only aim down sights in Warzone. Like exclusively, you want to shoot aiming down sights because the guns don't even really work in hip fire. Um, yeah, even from close range. So. Um, and for like, when I want to be like casual, I guess I, I like aiming down sights. I think it's satisfying, especially in a game that has long distances like Warzone. It's really fun to be able to aim down sights, especially when your gun has no recoil. So all you have to do is track the person and you get a kill. 
Um, so when I want to play casually, I like games with very little shooting recoil. Like, I think that's very satisfying. But when it comes to, like, me wanting to have, like, Twitch kind of competitive, comp- like, that kind of competition, um, Twitchy, like, reflex-based competition, recoil is really important to me. I think it's, like, a really important mechanic. Valorant has some of my favorite shooting mechanics I've ever had in a game. Like, hip fire is really good in Valorant. Like, you don't need to ever aim down sights if you don't want to. Um, guns are just as accurate and actually have higher fire rate when you're hip firing but then when you aim down sights they have reduced recoil and slightly lowered fire rate um but in valorant you can't move and shoot at all you can walk and shoot but it's less accurate than standing still so basically in valorant you want to stand still when you shoot um i think that's a really cool mechanic because like you know the time to kill in valorant is extremely low it's like counter-strike right it's one tap headshots with multiple guns so, like, you are dead in, like, less than a second, always. Um, and so for that, these, like, standstill sort of gunfights are really interesting, because you it really brings out the tactical aspect of the gameplay. So when you want, like, this tactical game, recoil and these, like, moving mechanics and the aim down sights being really different from hipfire are really important, because they give you a bunch of options for how to create, like, this tactical experience. But for, like, an arena shooter or Call of Duty, I like the shooting to be way more casual feeling, right? To have way less of that, so you can just focus on, like, the different guns or, like, what you're... and, like, how you're shooting and your positioning, right? Because, like, Halo and Warzone have a lot more movement than Valorant, too. Yeah, I mean, that's... Maybe like the single biggest reason why I don't really enjoy um, Call of Duty, the shooting mechanics, is because uh, in, in I, I love one of the things I love most in regards to that toy feeling that we were talking about before with Halo is the sensation of the movement while you shoot. So like literally how it feels to like joust back and forth and be moving around on the joysticks. I, I've actually been playing on PC and it's still fun that way too. Like mm-hmm. it's just the 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 movement while shooting you know halo i is like i the doom had this uh in the beta i played but uh you were talking time to kill halo's time to kill is super high right. like y- you need to have five headshots to like kill somebody right. with and a so utility it wouldn't be fun weapon. at all then right if you like couldn't move and shoot if you yeah. just had to stand there shooting at each other it would be fun at all right like so it yeah. totally makes sense that that's how it's designed i don't know like what that map would even look like too right. yeah so um the I, I love the sensation of shooting while moving, um, and it's a thing that generally deters me from when I play other shooters. Um, and and like it's a big switch from a long time to kill to I I feel like the shorter time to kills in all any of these games um just put more of an emphasis on tactical positioning, right? One hundred percent. Yes. So Rainbow Six um, Siege, Valorant, all these games are like the macro strategy. Like I said, matters so much more, and that's the thing that appeals to me and to people who play yep. those games, right? Yep. Um, Overwatch, for example, has a, r- a longer time to kill for sure, and it's True. also similar. You can move and shoot and all of that, and it doesn't matter. Um, another, I think. I really like moving and shooting. I think it's super fun. Like, what you're describing, I think, is absolutely fun. The toy of that is really fun. And in, like, single-player FPS games I play, like Bioshock and games like that, moving and shooting is super fun. And I do it all the time, right? Um, Like, I think it's very different. Like, the experiences are super different experiences, right? The moving and shooting experiences and then the, like, I need to have my one reaction, this one moment has to be precisely correct or I lose, right? It's just a very different experience. The tactical positioning like I can respect it and like it's it's even fun to watch um you know like I like watching CS matches like competitive CS mm-hmm. matches but um 
uh, I just, it's, yeah, I, maybe it's because also that's, um, in a sense, a little, there's a little more of a learning curve to really jump into something, a game like that. And, and be like, if you don't know the map, right. Like in a game like that with quick, quick time map knowledge and, is extremely important in these tactical games yeah well especially i'm thinking like in rainbow six oh my god like you know with all of the you'll just get killed through like a hole in the elements. wall that you yes. didn't even know existed yep or fucking like tv game are there guns that shoot through walls oh like a wall, not, like you not can wall bang walls yeah i mean okay. they're like most wa- this is the same in valorant there are tons of walls you can shoot through um that like if you have the, a gun with high enough bullet penetration it'll just go right through and deal like okay like 70 percent damage or something so you could get killed through a wall super easily if you're not careful yeah like that's that's cool like i i thought that was that was that's done really tastefully in rainbow six um, I, I mean it's really interesting right the, like the fact that you could use like audio cues to then shoot someone through a wall is yeah, such yeah. a cool i like experience and such a totally different experience than the running gun you know hip firing thing of halo is like totally what i was saying um I'm curious, the but, yeah. sound in Halo, how far away can you hear people? Because this is a huge thing in Valorant. You can hear people's footsteps from very far away. So, like, if you have good, like, like if you're listening closely what you want to be doing, even if someone, like, everything you do makes a sound. If you switch your gun, other people can hear it. Like, your enemies can hear that. If you reload, your enemies hear it. If you, like, take a single footstep and you're not walking, you can hear it from, like, probably, like, a third of the way across the map. That's pretty far. Yeah. And yeah. in, especially in the older Halos, that is not a thing. Like, you barely even hear your footsteps in right, like, because the game's like loud in your face, right? Tons of shit's happening. So you're not really trying you, to hear that kind of stuff, you right? You hear the things that were really emphasized in the sound design for the multiplayer games of, especially the older Halos was, um, and I would argue in a way was better in, in this regard than the newer Halos was the grenades. So like okay. in the older Halos, you didn't have hit markers, you didn't have like grenade indicators. Right. You o- your only indication that a nade was in, and nades are a big part of Halo because yes. they can deplete shields and shit. So, um, th- so the the grenades were emphasized, and the gunfire. So you could hear guns for sure everywhere, right? Like significantly well. You could easily from the other side of the map. You can tell that there's a guy's using the pistol. Like, right. so n- the knowledge of the guns and of the, um, grenades was super emphasized on the, uh, on the sound design front. In the latest Halo, like Halo 5, I think the sound design, um, emphasized all, like, they did a good job of being able to hear the effects. So, like, in Halo 5, they had, like, a bunch of different mechanics uh, that you could do. Like, you could do a thrust, you could do a ground pound. And I think they did a good job on tastefully, um, diversifying those sounds so that you could understand exactly how a Spartan, like, around the corner was moving. Like, if they used the thrust, you knew that and that you knew their cooldown was just starting. So that was important information going into, like, the one-on-one battle that you were about to have around the corner. Like, that guy can't thrust, you know? Yeah. Um, so anyway interesting so the way you use sound is very different though like there's different priorities with how sound works in those games very cool that these games um um the the audio is like of course it is like of course they think about audio but like i think a lot of times audio is something that's kind of glossed over when people are talking about games the audio design and uh yeah, these games do. It's so important in a shooter. Like, oh, yeah. regardless. I mean, yeah, and like in Valorant, like if the audio was bad and you couldn't identify where people were, it would be horrible, right? Like, yeah. 
Yeah. Yep. And that's the same with Siege. And Siege has actually released multiple patches, like slowly adjusting how their audio works to make it easier and easier to like pinpoint where people are when you hear them. Yeah. I mean, um, we've had a, a couple of Koala Wall clips that were basically cool because of picking up audio. Yeah. So. Um, does Halo have music? It does while you play, right? Not not during the multiplayer games. You have okay. a, a very slight, in like Halo 5, there's a very slight amount of like, I don't know, some there, there's there's some overtone going into the game, like as an intro, but not during the game. Okay. I was just curious because Valorant has no sound either, except for uh, after launch, they added this like really fucking loud, like three times louder than anything else in the game sound when you win. That's like this like uh, <laughs> like five second long like jingle. <laughs> it's just like loud <laughs> as fuck. It's so funny. And you just hear it no, every Halo, time you win. <laughs> Halo's got Jeff Steiser, you know, double kill. Triple curve. Uh-huh. So you got to make room for Jeff. Like, it's got to yep. be sweet. Valorant they just makes, a- like, these weird, loud, like, orchestral hits when people get kills. Well, that's kind of cool. Um, and, and yeah, and they get, like, higher pitched and more, like, harmonic every time, like, someone gets more and more kills. So you get an oh. ace, you kill their whole team. It's, like, really, like, loud and harmonic. You know, talking Jeff Steiser, um, a- and, like, announcer, narrator of for these games, does Valorant it sounds like Valorant doesn't have somebody saying things or it's just sound cues um, to tell you. There are you. things that are said um, after rounds end. Like there's someone that says like, I don't even, I can't remember what they say. I think they do say some stuff, but it's not memorable. So, you know, we talked about how like uh, when we were talking, maybe it was even in art styles or before. Oh yeah. Sh- like, uh, Rollick is right. Actually at the end no, of the round, it. based on how the round ends, they will say different things. Like if you're like the last person on your team okay. and you get the clutch, it'll be like clutch. And then if yeah. like, uh, if you do a save round, cause you know, like money economy is super important. If you guys like buy pistols and they all buy rifles, and you win the round. It'll be like thrifty Okay, cool. when you win. So there is some satisfying like announcer stuff, but it never during the round. So announcer stuff is something that I think first-person shooters should be more cognizant of in regards to monetization opportunities, man. So in Halo 5, they had Nathan Fillion, the voice of one of the campaign um, like forerunner guys, and the voice of a grunt from Halo, like do all of the lines, and you could like purchase their voice packs instead. So Dota. For- Dota has announcers in the game, and that's like a huge monetization structure in Dota. Is different announcers, right? There's like a Gabe Newell one. There's like a Glados from Portal <laughs> one. There, there's like is it legit then, Gabe. Like, what did Gabe yeah. legit do it? Legit yeah. Gabe okay. Newell. There's like a bunch of them. Like every hero in the game, like tons of the different heroes have ones with their voice actors. There's like probably over a hundred at this point announcer packs in Dota. So yeah, I don't know why I haven't seen it in more. It's shooters. a good monetization uh, opportunity for sure. Um, but anyway, sidetrack. Yeah, so uh, sound design, big deal for sure. Uh, how are we doing on time? Is it? Is that? Do we need to leave the rest for next time? Yeah, I think that was a good discussion. I think we'll have some good stuff to hear people about with their opinions on FPS design. And um, we can come up with some more FPS design topics for next week. And we'll do a, a big part two. Yeah, shit. We could do a million parts with this. I mean, with Halo Infinite coming out, I mean... <laughs> you know, it's some shit's. Gonna I'm probably gonna out. have to play that game so that we could do some episodes well, on. Well, it's huh? coming on. P- it's coming out on PC I know, too. So I probably day day, will. So, it's gonna all be right, a fucking party. Where can people find right. us? You can find us at our website, CableKoalaEntertainment.com. There it has links to all our social media and, most importantly, Discord. Our Discord is not verified because Discord verification is not has not been 
working uh, for a while now. Rip. So easiest way to find a link to our Discord is either through our website, clicking on the Discord link, or go to one of our social medias. You can find us at koala underscore ENT. It's all one word, koala underscore ENT. And uh, we have links to our Discord in the bi- in like the bios or profile pages on those social media things. Check us out. Instagram, we do tons of sweet giveaways. We do giveaways in the Discord. Uh, if you join the Discord and get to level six, level six, you say, level six of what? Level six in Agora, the uh, a very important entity in the universe of our upcoming game. So you can join the Discord, talk to us, hang out with a really cool community, uh, many of which who are in the Twitch chat right now, and get a peek into do the Do some universe. research on some secret projects. And actually, there's much more coming on that front. We just launched Milestones, right, Skylar? Yes, which will be bringing out some more lore and some more universe information than we've had before. Some real, some real shit. Ko Koala Game is coming, guys. We actually are making a game. <laughs> Code name Ko Koala Game. Ko Koala Game. <laughs> Cock G. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> All right, right on. Um, yeah, so that's where you can find us. You can harass Skylar about his. Uh, opinions or ask to play or, games with me because i'll probably play any game with you that's right that's i'm just kidding skylar would love to talk to you love to chat with you and you can follow us here on twitch um jo- f- specifically go follow uh, subscribe to us on youtube we are going to uh, be posting some cool content especially if you are a console kid <laughs> if you play consoles uh ps4 xbox uh there's going to i'm going to be putting out a lot of content as these consoles get closer to launch um specifically you know is the playstation architecture that big of a deal and was it going to enable for game developers that's coming up soon and we'll be doing giveaways so cool um yeah. by the way next week we definitely got to talk about um uh console versus pc fps design okay very yeah, uh, yeah for yeah, sure yeah. um especially okay. can, yeah 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 i'm not going to talk yep, yep we'll next save week. it um yeah and actually the playstation sony just announced they're doing a, a show on the 13th i think Eleventh, um, yes. Oh, on the eleventh, yeah. And then there's a PC gaming show this weekend as well. So I think there'll be a lot of new game news coming out soon. Interesting. Yeah. Um, we will have this piece of content surrounding the PlayStation Five, specifically focusing on the SSD and what it really enables. Uh, soon before that eleventh event, for sure. Sweet. All right. Well, thanks uh, for listening. If you are listening, sorry, last thing I want to say, these vods are up on YouTube. So if you prefer to watch your podcast, check us out on YouTube. Perfect. Until next time. Yes. Check out the merch. Oh my gosh, Woo. I can't believe I said it. We wore it. It's sick. It's actually legitimately comfortable. I've worn this. I wear the shirt so much. It's quarantine. I might not wash I it as too. much as I should, but it's like one of the most comfortable shirts I own, honestly. Like, no, I love tri- how it feels. The tri blend shirt is so super. Yeah, yeah. Get uh, the tri blend shirt for sure. The other ones are good, but this shirt is like an amazing shirt. Yeah, the tri blend is really good. And pay attention because uh, we have new designs coming out, and so we'll be rotating things out. Um, and you know, they'll Uh-oh. be back, they'll still be available, but we'll be rotating things out and be rotating some new hotness in. So if you Exclusive like the stuff, paid DLC shirts, bang, <laughs> <laughs> uh, very good. All right, guys. All right. Goodbye. Also, love you, bang. <laughs>